New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today, I'm hosting Cynthia Spring. She's a co-author of Seven Questions About Life After Life, Book One. Cindy, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you, Justine. You co-authored this book about who we are in our earthly reality as well as beyond. And you co-authored it with someone who actually is in the other reality, is beyond the veil of death, Dr. Francis Vaughn. So tell us about this collaboration and how it happened and what it entailed. Francis Vaughn and I were close friends, uh, along with our spouses, uh, for about uh, 10 or 12 years. And uh, she passed away suddenly in September of 2017. And uh, I went to a lecture um, by a man named Matthew McKay, who talked about contacting his son, who had been murdered, and uh, found that automatic writing, or sometimes called channeling, was a way to contact his son, Jordan. And he wrote a book about it. And so I went home thinking, hmm, I wonder if I could contact Francis, you know, that way. And uh, Matthew had given some guidelines, you know, have a picture, have a candle, have something from the person if you possibly can. And I put it all together, and the first time I tried, Francis showed up. And so we had over 50 sessions of uh, exchanges, and which became this book, Seven Questions. And at first we were just chit-chatting about, you know, how did she die, why she died. And I didn't know if it was real. Was I making it up? You know, I mean, every person who channels or does automatic writing says, where is this coming from? Is this my higher consciousness, or is it I'm just making it up and being creative? And it took a while for me to really settle into the fact that this was coming from a different place, from another place. Uh, for one thing, Francis came up with a number of things which I couldn't possibly have known myself. And so uh, it became uh, the book, uh, Seven Questions, and I'm continuing it on. She said, now we're doing a trilogy, so we're in the middle of book two. <laughs> oh, so she left you with some real instructions of a purpose yeah. in your life there. Yeah, for sure. So tell me, what kind of advice does she tell us about this transition about death. What is death and what does it entail? Well, it's the most important single message of uh, the book, which is that death is a transition to another existence. And most of the time, uh, most people come in, like I did and perhaps you did, with the sense that this is all there is. There's this one lifetime and one incarnation and you know all this stuff we don't really know about. It'd be nice to think that there was a heaven or a nirvana, but uh, you know we don't really know. And that's good because we really focus in on what we're supposed to be doing here, whatever our purpose is or whatever kind of life we want to put together. It's good to have this kind of amnesia. But there are times when uh, things get very, very rough, and I think that's the time we're in now. And it's important to put a larger frame on this so we don't get caught up in so much of the chaos and the suffering that may result from 
climate change and from all the different kinds of things that are going on right now. And people like you and me, I'd like to think, are here to put out the message that this is an incarnation. This is a physical expression of consciousness. And we are consciousness first, or if you prefer, a soul first, and that we express ourselves through a variety of physical forms, uh, incarnations they're called, but that we don't disappear after we die, that death is a transition to a larger reality. Well, and this kind of gives us courage in these times to go on if we hold to the fact that life does go on, maybe not in the body, but in another way. It certainly gives us courage. It helps us to deal with the present moment, helps us to deal with loss, a lot of loss and grief and all of that. If we have a sense, for instance, that we're going to see loved ones on the other side, and that's one of the things that Francis and many other people who have spoken from the other side absolutely guarantee. We will be reunited with our loved ones and even our favorite animals. Oh, isn't that exciting? Okay, that's great. (laughs) It's good to know that because these animal companions have been part of our lives and that's wonderful to think that we might rejoin with them. Somehow I moved to tell a story, if I may, because it's about the reality of life going on beyond this physical incarnation. I'll make it brief. It was just the reality of Michael, my late husband's mother, who was in the hospital and she had had a terrible stroke. And they found that she just was brain dead and she was just, nothing was going to bring her back. And so Michael advised to go ahead and unplug her. And We sat with her, with her dying there in the hospital. And then the hospital let us just stay for hours afterwards. They didn't need the bed, and we just stayed with her for maybe four or five hours before they removed her. And when we drove home, we were in separate cars, and Michael, he drove into the driveway ahead of me, and I pulled in behind, and when I got there, he was out of the car, and he was all excited and smiling. And I couldn't imagine, why is, why is he so brave? And his mother just died. And I came to him, and he said, I just heard from mother. And I said, what? What are you talking about? And apparently, a year prior, my son and I had gone to a rock concert, And my son had taken the ticket, and he had pasted it up on the side of the windshield. And just as Michael was driving in the driveway, he was having second thoughts. Did I do the right thing in unplugging Mom? And in that very moment, that sticker that had been in that windshield for over a year peeled off the windshield and landed on the dashboard. And it said, Grateful Dead Backstage Pass. And it was undeniable that something else was going on, that there is consciousness that goes on beyond the physical body. There are so many different stories of being contacted by someone at the time of their death. 
Uh, he had a cousin uh, who received a phone call in the middle of the night from my uncle, who was dying hundreds of miles away. And his phone rang, and uh, there was no message, but just the recording of who called and the phone number, and uh, it was my uncle. And it turned out that that was the exact moment he passed away. And it was on my cousin's cell phone. So there are many ways that people on the other side have tried to connect with us and contact us, all to say that they're alive and well. They're experiencing another existence, and that's what Francis's message is in this book, Seven Questions, that death is a transition, and we move on to a greater reality and another existence. And there are many, many examples of that. I was moved in the book to hear Francis talk about uh, learning doesn't stop when we die. <laughs> and what would you have to say about that? Did that surprise you? It did a little because, you know, growing up in my background, Catholic background, you know, you got this sense that heaven was all about harps and roses and, you know, just kind of hanging out. <laughs> and uh, it really is about continuing your own evolution, planning your next incarnation, figuring out how you can contribute from that side to the physical side, to our side. Frances is ready and willing to help as much as she can in the upcoming times when we're going to face some rough sledding, for sure, from a variety of uh, bad things that are going on right now. But, uh, you know, they want to help, they want to be contacted, and they're looking forward to us rejoining them where they are. So I know that this book is a dialogue, so you're right. asking her questions. You're standing in for us, Cindy, and using some of the questions that we all might have. And then she's reflecting back. So what is her advice for these perilous times that we're living in? Be in the present moment as much as you can. Be of service, and that can be very modest, uh, just continue what you're doing. I mean, imagine if we all threw up our hands and said, it's over, why bother, you know? Then the whole thing would come to a grinding halt within a day or two, right? What she says is continue being a good teacher, a good parent, a good repairman, a good social worker, whatever, um, because that's keeping the whole thing together right now. And yes, things are going to start to happen and be challenging, uh, but be strong and uh, know that this too shall pass. Once you pass over, you will be in a much, much more positive, light-filled and love-filled place. What does she have to say about how we can be of not only service, but stay in the game, as you say, and how we can be more responsive to one another in these times. What does she say about God and, and what God is about? Um, most everyone who reports back from that side says yes, but it's not any kind of individual. Um, it is, in fact, an omnipresence. It's a, a presence of light and love that infuses everything. And that when you're in it, you know that you are part of it. You are part and parcel of it. You are not separate from it. Uh, there's no separation. And in fact, one of the things that we have to come to understand is our own divinity. And that's not easy to do if we think that, oh, we're just mortal, we're not divine. Most religions have taught that there's a separate divine being somewhere or, you know, uh, presence somewhere. No, we're part of it. We're part of all of that. And finding our own divinity is part of what we're trying to learn. 
I think that there's a quote that you mentioned in the book that's so wonderful because uh, you have been studying this other, you know, alternative realities. There's a mm-hmm. physical plane here on Earth, and there are other realities. And one of the people that inspire you has been Joseph Campbell, and I'd love for you to share what he had to say about this. He did a wonderful series with Bill Moyers um, called, I think, The Masks of Eternity, and Moyers asked him, well, what is faith really? And Campbell says, I don't have faith. I have direct experience. And many other people, Houston Smith, who is a wonderful teacher of comparative religion, and many other people say they get beyond just some kind of learning from books, and, and they get to have their own direct experience. And Francis talks about the different kinds of ways that you can have your own direct experience. So for you, in this collaboration in this book, where are you now with it? How are you different than when you started this project? I've come to understand that I'm operating in a greater reality than just this physical space-time reality. In the first year or so working with Francis, I was wobbly. I mean, that was the term. I mean, literally wobbly, sometimes even a little bit nauseous. Um, You know, am I here in this, you know, physical space-time dimension, or am I with Francis in this much larger, you know, greater reality? And I felt like there was a here and a there. Then at some point, that collapsed. And it all became here. And, you know, certainly I still pay attention to, you know, crossing the street carefully and all of that. But it's uh, a sense that we are embedded in a much larger reality. And it allows me to look at things like, for instance, the terrible mass violence uh, events that we're having with a bit of, uh, you know, a different kind of light. For instance, when you see these people being massacred um, in some church or, you know, concert or something like that, it's horrible. There's no you know, excuse for that, and there's no getting around its, its moral outrage. But it's also about bringing people's attention to what's going on. There's a message in those kinds of events, and one of them is how many people respond, how many more thousands of people respond than the one person that's caused the problem. Uh, so many examples of people just responding with money, uh, with time, bringing together, you know, there was a mosque uh, situation in um, New Zealand earlier this year where about 50 people were mowed down. 20,000 people came to a memorial from all different religions, which wouldn't have happened if that horrible incident hadn't happened. It's not excusing it, but it's just trying to say, this is what is, and you can put a different kind of frame on it. So holding this larger reality that the body may disappear, but life goes on in some way. And we can contact that other reality. We can be in contact with our loved ones. Absolutely, and with with other people, too, with uh, people that we consider mentors. Um, Frances told me at one point, she said, you know, there are other people waiting in line to have you as a channel. And I said, wait a minute. (laughs) I'm really happy doing what we're doing. We have a trilogy to do. I'm only in the middle of the second book at this point, and we're working on, you know, we're going to have a third book. And I said, I'm not ready to be a channel for a lot of other people. And she said, you wouldn't believe the number of people that are on this side who would love to have contact with loved ones or even with people who would like to continue their work. Um, Jane Roberts, 
who wrote many channeled books with an entity called Seth, also did one with William James. And that one, you know, it's William James, right? And she did it 60 years after he died. Um, but if you read it and you know anything about his writing, it sounds like William James, you know, from a different vantage point. So they're waiting out there, you know, to, uh, to transmit their support and their messages. So you're saying you don't have to have some sort of special talent for this. I mean, you, you weren't talented in channeling people prior to this, right? No. In fact, I was a dud at all my psychic development classes. <laughs> it never did well. Um, no, I just tried it because whatever, the timing was right. You know, I had just lost Francis about four months earlier, and someone said, you can contact these people and, you know, and uh, see if you can carry on a conversation. And, of course, then Francis said later, she said, I was waiting for you. I was sending you the message, and I knew you were going to show up, and I knew we were going to do these books together. Oh, it's so beautiful. Well, you're really mm -hmm. giving us a lot of encouragement. Thank you so much for being part of the New Dimensions Cafe today. You're very welcome. I've been speaking with Cindy or Cynthia Spring, and she's a co-author or collaborator with Dr. Francis Vaughn of Seven Questions About Life After Life, Book One. And if you want to know more about her work, you can go to her website, Cindy Spring. Dot com, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. I'm Justine Willis-Toms, and I do invite you to please tune in again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.